Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Well, I remember as a kid in high school, <clears throat> I was um, up at a camp in Southern California called Forest Home. And I was a senior in high school and, and um, just before basketball started, so it was the last chance I had to get away. And I met a kid there who was from Anaheim or someplace like that, some foreign land down there. And, and, and he was telling me that Jesus was going to return soon. And as a matter of fact, astronomers had actually seen in the heavens the new Jerusalem through their telescopes. And that that new Jerusalem out there was descending and it was going to come to earth no later than 1986. And I remember thinking, that, wow, that's really cool. This is really awesome. And Unfortunately, we didn't have internet back then, so I couldn't look it up easily. And I never saw anything about it again or heard anything about it again. All I can say is, best I can tell, he was wrong. <laughs> and all of those throughout history who have been predicting the, the return of Christ in his glory, so far have all been wrong. But somehow we know Christ is with us. Somehow we know there is a reality about his having been risen and ascended and yet with us. We know the presence of the Holy Spirit. But then there are also times when we acknowledge that our Lord embraces us in a very special way. And as far as eschatology or the end of times type talk is concerned. It's so hard to figure out. And people of great faith have very strong feelings about a, a rapture of the church and a, 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 an earthly kingdom for a thousand years and all of that. And all I can say is if that's how God does it, so be it. But the real question I have is how did we get from about AD 30 to about A.D. 90, to a place where they knew Jesus face to face as this man, this Nazarene, this itinerant preacher who was then crucified. How do we get from that to the understanding that Jesus is the Lord of all the universe? How did we make that transition within the span of one lifetime? How did the church get from there to here? Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the book of Revelation. The Apostle John. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had passed away, and the sea was also gone. 
And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and he will be, they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the waters of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. When I was in seminary, one of my professors said, we are so small, we are like a gnat on a leaf in the middle of the jungles of Africa. And I thought, well, that's a little extreme. But then I thought about the psalmist, David, who out watching sheep is looking to the stars. And he says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou dost care for him. O Lord, our Lord, whose glory is in the heavens, who are we that you have any awareness of, of us at all? You realize that our planet goes around our sun, which is one of one trillion stars in the Milky Way. A trillion. The only, way, the only reason we even know that word is because of our national debt. <laughs> and, and our Milky Way galaxy is one of 100 billion galaxies. I may have my numbers wrong because I'm a minister. <laughs> and in the heavens, there are and this is an estimate, of course, one billion trillion stars. More than all the sands of all the beaches. More than all the grains of sand and all the beaches. We occupy one of those grains of sand. And what we are declaring here given this as the reality that we can identify as the reality of nature, is that Jesus Christ, who came to us as God in the flesh, embodied the fullness of the, of the Father for us, that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He is above all. And that, that he is the, more than just Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, 
more than just the, the Lord of the church. Being Lord of all means he's Lord of the, the entire cosmos. This is where the church moved. This is where the church developed its understanding of the nature of, of Christ in relationship to the real world. And, and we somehow, with this mind-bending reality of what it is that we declare to be the reality of Christ, it, there's a point at which it all just kind of fades. When we can't even comprehend the scale of our own universe, our minds are not capable of wrapping itself around that. We don't have words to comprehend just our physical place. How do we comprehend the reality of God? Furthermore, it is statistically impossible that we are here. The reality of human life is statistically impossible if it's just random forces. And therefore, physicists have, been, have made up this whole thing of multiple universes, multi-universes, in order to increase the chances for us to be here. And you need to talk to those people that aren't here today. <laughs> Tell them, ask them, where were you? But it's, it is beyond statistical probability, even possibility, that we exist. So that's the nature of where we live. And essentially what I've shared with you, I could take to Caltech or MIT and, and I would probably be corrected for my numbers, but they would essentially agree with what I'm saying. That's the nature of nature. And then into this we have spoken to us by John, who had a vision on the island of Patmos, a vision of the risen Christ, so that he was relaying to us what Christ shared with him. And that vision provided for us a sense of who Jesus is in his resurrected state. So the nature of Christ is beyond also our comprehension. Now we all love Christmas and we, we all love our children and how they seem to understand the realities of Christmas and the joy and the mystery of it all. But what we're declaring on Christmas is that that God of the universe who's beyond this billion trillion star universe took on human flesh and became a, ch a, a child, a, a tiny baby. I mean, we can't go there. Our minds can't simply comprehend that. And so we, we must, however, do what our Lord has done with us, and that is to make himself accessible to us, make himself available to us. So Jesus comes to us in human flesh and he touches us and he loves us. He embraces us, he weeps for us and we know him and we accept him. Furthermore, he tells us that when we pray, 
talk to God, not as this, this ethereal something way out there, but address him as father. Bring the reality of who God is in close. Father. And in that way, we begin to understand the nature of God's love for us. And then when we survey the entire scriptures, Old Testament into the New, we see how God's love for us persists despite our rebellions, despite our wanderings away, despite our dis disobedience. God loves us still, as a father loves his erring children. My brother served as a, an associate pastor at the First Presbyterian Church of Edmond, Oklahoma. Senior pastor there is a man named Joel Baker. Joel has a phenomenal story that he tells. Apparently his grandmother was daughter of a very abusive father. And she was terrified of this man. And one day he gave her some money to go down and buy some, some cattle for the, for the home in Slovenia or one of those places that I don't, can't even keep track of. And she went down and she was so concerned about her relationship with her father, she decided to just take that money and buy a ticket to get out. 14, 15 years old. She bought a ticket, and of course, where did she come? <laughs> she came where almost everyone wants to come. In fact, I've heard surveys that something like 70% of the world's population want to live here. And who blames them? 70% of the United States population want to live here in Naples. <laughs> Happiest, healthiest, according to Time Magazine. So she got on the ship made her way to Ellis Island, but she had no sponsorship. She had no papers. She had no one there to receive her, no relatives that she knew of. And she's standing in line in Ellis Island. And when, when they asked her for sponsorship, papers, anything at all, she said, I don't have any of that. And the man there came up with, uh, he had a dusting of, of, of chalk and put an X on her arm. She was to be immediately deported. Well, in the next line, a young man saw this, and he stepped over, and he said, you're with me. I'll get you in. He had sponsorship. He had relatives. He had everything that they, that, that they would need to get in, and they did. They got in. He got her in. And three months later, they were married and became the grandfather, grandparents of a very fine pastor in Oklahoma. But it strikes me, that's what our Lord does. He sees us in our state. He sees that we have been marked in this life. We are absolutely incapable on our own. And our Lord comes up alongside us and he takes us in. He brings us forward. He enters us into his forever family. And we become one of his. 
This text, of course, says, the old earth has passed away. Heaven has passed. The sea is gone. And instead, in its place, there's a, a, a new heaven and a new earth. The sea is no more. And biblically, the sea was representative of evil and sin. So there is no sea. And we have a hard time comprehending what all of this means. And, and C.S. Lewis is very helpful in this regard. He says, the hills and valleys of heaven will be to those you now experience not as a copy is to an original, nor as a substitute is to the genuine article, but as a flower is to the root, or as a diamond is to coal. So there is a continuity between this life and the life that awaits us. But what that means, we do not know. But what we do know and what we do proclaim is that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, Lord of the universe, Lord of everything we have ever known and thought and experienced and felt. When I was at Dodger Stadium that day, it didn't make sense that I would have that, that quickening in my own soul. But I believed that that was God's work in my life as you have had God work in your life at different moments. And those are instances in which the reality of the heaven to come, the kingdom that, that is to come, breaks into our present and touches us and gives us a real sense of the eternal reality that God has prepared for us. And this life is like coal compared to the diamond that awaits us. And it was maybe a year ago. I was awakened in the middle of the night by a dream, ever so short, but powerful and impactful. I saw light surrounded by darkness. And in that light was a silhouette of my mom. And she simply reached out her arms and said, Kurt. And I was awake. What can I say? To me, that was real. I can't prove it. I can't take it to a laboratory and get it verified. But in my heart, I know that it was real. And my parents await me, even as they await all of us. And those of us who've lost, those who have had children who predeceased us, they wait for us. And we anticipate that time when our, with our little ones, we lift them up again. 
And with our parents, we embrace them once again. And we are rejoined to that great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. And we are reunited. And we have this assurance because Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Of all. Will you join me in prayer? Thank you, Lord, that we will one day have every tear wiped away, that there will be no more pain or suffering, but that we will know the fullness of joy that you have prepared for us, even as we have moments or instances in which we feel that swelling our souls. Thank you, O oh Lord, that far more than happiness in this life, you would have us know joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.